0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Light On, our bi-monthly video series that brings to light the latest and greatest in human capital and business topics. Today, I am joined by two experts from our health strategy teams to talk about compliance and how employers can mitigate risk as they prepare for the 2021 plan year in the era of COVID-19 Please join me in welcoming Carly Dunkelberger, a Vice President in Health Strategy, and Jessica Nathan, a Director in Health Strategy. Carly and Jessica, thank you both so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: Of course. So before we get started, I do have one reminder for our viewers. Viewers, if you have a question at all today during today's webcast, please put it in the Q box on the right-hand side of the console. We'll make sure to follow up with you at the conclusion of today's episode. Now diving right in, the COVID-19 pandemic has certainly presented employers with a host of obstacles as things such as traditional workplaces and healthcare spend remain in flux. In fact, the single biggest source of the GDP decline in Q2 came from healthcare, which decreased by an annualized $595 billion. These obstacles have continued to add pressure to organizations that are trying to navigate this new norm, yet increasingly they face a whole new level of risk factors and compliance issues that frankly none of us have experienced before. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening out in the world today and how those trends are exposing employers to greater risk in maintaining benefits compliance. Jessica, I'd like to kick things off with you. What trends and increased risks are employers seeing as a direct result of COVID?
1: Yeah, so there are two specific trends I want to touch on. The first is unemployment and how that impacts all employers unfortunately when when people lose their jobs they 're not just losing their jobs they 're also losing their benefit coverage, which means they have to find another benefit plan to enroll in. This puts employers at a higher risk for having ineligible dependents added to their plan, whether people are intentionally or unintentionally knowingly or unknowingly adding ineligible dependents to their company's benefit plan, it's all happening, it's a direct result of people having fewer benefit options available. So this increases compliance risks for employers as ERISA and the Surbanes-Oxley Act require plan sponsors follow the rules that are outlined in their plan documents, which include their dependent eligibility rules. Mm. So this means that they are responsible for ensuring that only plan assets or ensuring that plan assets are only spent on eligible plan members. Mm-hmm. Now, employers already face these compliance risks, but we anticipate these, impli- these compliance risks are just going to grow as we get further and further into the era of COVID. And it's gonna be even more of a risk, we really anticipate you know, this fall in an annual enrollment because it's the perfect opportunity for people to be able to add ineligible dependents to the plan. So that's the first trend. The second trend that we are seeing is rising healthcare costs for employers for the second half of this year, 2020, and especially in 2021. So for the past six months, people have not been going to the doctor unless they absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. But as states have started to reopen, employers are starting to see a spike in claims as people are starting to go back to the doctor and people are you know, going back for those elective and as needed procedures. Another thing that is having an impact and spiking claims is that conditions that people may have had have worsened over time or new conditions came up because they were not under the care of healthcare professionals during during those six months where we we didn't go outside. (laughs) So the reality is, is that these higher costs are going to hit employers in 2021, and it's only going to be compounded and magnified when employers are also going to be covering ineligible dependents.
0: Definitely. And so, Carly, as a follow-up question, with these trends on the rise, how can employers protect themselves from these growing cost and compliance risks?
2: So, Dom, with the risk of healthcare costs rising as we go into 2021 and people starting to go back to the doctor, every dollar counts. You know, we we have been monitoring and watching what people are doing. And as we consider that rising healthcare cost, as Jessica mentioned, we're thinking that as we go into fall annual enrollment this year, there is risk that employees will be or could be adding new ineligible dependents. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that employers are considering when it comes to their dependent eligibility strategy is they're considering a dependent verification project. And this is a way that employers can make sure that they are reducing the risk of dependents getting covered that aren't truly eligible. You know, when it comes to dependent verification audits, we found that five to 7% of dependents are ineligible. Now, the other interesting thing is we found that those ineligible dependents, they use the health plans, they use the benefits. And when we have done uh, the verification audits, we looked at one project recently, and it was an employer that completed a dependent audit. And what we found through the results is that 75% of their ineligible dependents incurred claims during the last 12 months before they were removed. Another interesting point with that is that 7% of them incurred more than $10,000 each. So there really is a cost to ineligible dependents. Now, another point to make, or maybe I would look at this as a growing trend with employers. Employers are looking to use annual enrollment communication in a different way where they're sharing new things or changes to their benefit offerings. Some things they're considering are compliance related initiatives, HSA contributions, and yes, even announcing that a dependent audit is coming soon. We see this really as a win-win strategy because employers are seeing utilization at higher rates by using different and new types of communication with their employees.
0: Thanks, Carly. and um, You bring up a really interesting point on dependent audits. And Jessica, I'd like to dive into this topic with you, actually. So from an employer perspective, how do you think a dependent audit will be perceived by employees during a time that is already uncertain and stressful. Are there any things that we can do to change how these audits are portrayed to employees?
1: Yeah, so unfortunately there is this perception out there that dependent audits are a bad thing, but you can easily change the narrative when you give people advance notice of what's about to happen. So the best way to do this, the best way to change a perception is to let employees know why this is happening and how it impacts them. Healthcare costs, everyone everyone um, pays for healthcare costs, both employees and employers alike. So if healthcare costs are rising, employers in order to stay on budget are going to either need to reduce the quality of the benefit plans that they offer employees or they're going to need to raise employee premiums. Neither of those are good things, but that's not the only solution that's out there ensuring only eligible dependents are enrolled is also a very effective strategy to ensure that, you know, you're keeping costs down and managing costs. So once Mm -hmm. employees understand this, they are much, much more motivated and much more supportive of the initiative because they know their efforts are going towards keeping their health costs, their healthcare costs down. Makes it very personal, but they're also keeping their healthcare costs down for others as well. And that's so important at a time like now where, you know, healthcare costs and just costs in general, we wanna make sure we are maximizing our savings.
0: Definitely, thank you for that, Jessica. And so Carly, I know you alluded to this earlier, but I guess my question for you right now is what is the right timing for communicating these types of strategies to employees?
2: Well, you know, I'm so glad you asked uh, about timing, Tom, because we found that letting employees know that there is a dependent audit coming, actually in the annual enrollment communications Is a great way to make it easier. So it's a great move. And, you know, one of the reasons we found it's a great move for employers to consider is that's when people like you and I, that's when uh, the employees are focused on their benefits, and they're thinking about making those decisions. And it's also a time when it feels supportive and compassionate. Because think about this, if we're going through annual enrollment, and then I hear that there's a dependent audit coming, it's a great time for me to remove an ineligible dependent. And it also gives me some time, say two months, for example, to look for alternative health insurance coverage before 2021. Now, additionally, our, our goal is that only eligible dependents are enrolled. And when it comes to thinking about the employee experience, This is a great time to remind employees this doesn't have to feel stressful or even frustrating. It is easier than ever to be able to obtain and submit the documents that prove dependents are eligible.
0: Definitely. No, I I completely agree with you. And thank you both for addressing that concern and for providing insight really on how we can flip that perception around. And unfortunately, it is getting close to time for us to wrap up. So I do want to talk as we close out on everyone's favorite topic, results. So when you implement these strategies and solutions, such as all the ones we've highlighted thus far, it's pretty clear that employers can absolutely see benefit in more ways than just being compliant. So Carly, I'm going to have you kick things off again this time. Um, Can you please speak to some of the business outcomes that both employers and employees can expect from these
2: types of initiatives. Sure. And Dom, we've touched on some of those uh, outcomes during this discussion. Uh, It is important to remember that dependent verification of eligibilities has become a best practice for employers. And it's become a best practice because it helps employers reduce their risk under both ERISA and Sarbanes-Oxley, as Jessica mentioned earlier. It also helps mitigate the cost of health insurance. And the another interesting thing when it comes to the effectiveness or the efficiency, this is one of the best way for employers to be able to reduce expenses. And here's a point I wanna make, without reducing their benefits, Mm -hmm. It is a significant way in a short period of time to get great results.
0: Definitely. And I think that that reduction in benefits is just so key to acknowledge that you can do these things and we can still provide that same level of service to our people. And so, Jessica, I'm going to have you conclude things. Can you please speak to this a little bit more, maybe specifically how organizations can benefit from this and then what that ultimately means as it gets passed down to employees?
1: So they can really benefit from it, of course, in savings. Employers will find savings. But I like to talk about how employers and employees can benefit from it. When it might, you know, it makes both of them, right? So the first way that employer can, you know, when they find savings from doing dependent verification, they can pass those savings on to their employees by reducing the employee's premiums. Now, another way that employers can do that and pass the savings down, they can find savings themselves as well as pass it down, is for our fully insured employers. If they have a full, so fully insured employers, if they negotiate with their carriers prior to doing dependent verification for reducing their rates, that's a really great thing because it, it's a good thing for carriers because it reduces their volume of claims as well as their exposure to risk. So we've actually had some clients, you know, negotiate this and use and leverage the dependent verification to get lower rates for themselves, which they then pass down to their employees. I have two other examples for you, and the first one is from a dependent verification where we had a client use dependent verification to help fund a new service that they've been looking to add, but they didn't have the budget for. So they use the savings to help you know, buy this new service and add this and give this additional offering to their employees, which made everybody really happy. And then the second example I have is we have also had an employer who used their savings and passed it directly down to their employees by increasing the employer's contribution to their HSA so that the employees had more money contributed by their employer in their HSA. So there's lots of different ways that an employer can you know, really reduce their costs as well as pass those costs and those savings down to their, their people.
0: Definitely, so before we conclude, it looks like we have just enough time for a question that we received from the audience. Um, so if you guys don't mind, I'd like to go to that. The question reads, if I am interested in starting a dependent audit, when is the best time to get started and how much time do I need to complete it?
1: Okay, so you can get started as soon as annual enrollment is over. As soon as we have that full file of your 2021 plan and who's enrolled, we can go through and start the verification process. And that's the best way to really maximize your savings. Do the dependent verification, which will typically run anywhere from two to three months. And then it will go and you'll be able to get results and have ineligible dependents off the plan in in early Q1 2021. And that's really the best way to maximize your savings and minimize your compliance risks.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much for that insight. I really appreciate you taking the time to dive into this important topic. If you're watching and you want to learn more about Jessica, Carly, or today's topic, there's additional resources in the console on the right-hand side, and I highly encourage you to take a look at them. I also want to remind you that if you're interested, next month, we will be putting a light on the future of financial well-being. And I also encourage you to check out that episode. Before we head out, we'll always be here to shed a light on the latest human capital and
1: business topics. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you later.